everyone, this is Klaatu. I am at the Ohio Linux Fest, and I'm about to talk to Russ from the Linux Ham Shack. Uh, Russ, how long have you been into ham radio stuff? I've been into ham radio for 17 years now. I started studying for my test in 1992 and got my first ham license as a Tech Plus in 1993. Cool. And um, who are you trying to kid? I mean, like... Is that is ham radio really relevant anymore? I mean, come on. What's so cool about it? <laughs> ham radio is very relevant these days. All you have to do is look at stories about natural disasters, particularly Katrina and other hurricanes, especially the big ones. Amateur radio operators are called upon all the time when normal communication modes go out. So it's extraordinarily relevant, and of course... Ham operators are now making themselves even more relevant by incorporating digital and voice over IP technologies into the hobby and into their community efforts. So always trying to keep up with the times. Very cool. And actually that does lead into my next question, which is what was the Linux and Ham connections? But so what are some of the how do you use Linux and Ham, you know, together? Some of the ways we talk about which are some of the ways that I use it and some of the ways I don't, but many of the things we mention are using uh, Linux and open source, uh, open source applications in particular for rig control, which is you have an interface cable with your ham radio gear. It allows you to uh, do actual control, see uh, transmissions and receive information, store memories, copy data to and from radios. They also allow you to send and receive uh, encode and decode digital transmissions, everything from RTTY to phase shift keying to slow scan television to all of the other digital modes that are popular in amateur radio. And then there are new things that are coming out like D-Star, which is a slow speed digital communication method for VHF and UHF users. There's also Echolink, which incorporates voice over IP technology, as I already mentioned, which allows people with technician and low-class licenses to speak worldwide, even though they don't have privileges on amateur radio frequencies, which allow antenna-to-antenna or wireless uh, communication around the world. Wow, that is really cool, especially that last one. I mean, that's so it's, it's kind of like the, the voice of the people being broadcast on sort of an unregulated, or is it, well, it's kind of regulated, right? Well, it's actually pretty well regulated. It's it's uh, what we call self-regulated. You do have to test. You do have to obtain a license in order to legally transmit on the amateur radio frequencies. There are policing bodies. The FCC does get involved where necessary. There are organizations like the Amateur Radio Relay League, which step in where necessary. But for the most part, amateur radio frequencies are largely policed by the ham radio population at large. Okay, well, that's interesting. So what... Maybe you're not allowed to say, maybe this is like secret, maybe I have to get into the ham radio scene to find this out, but like what goes on on ham radio frequencies? A lot of the times there are people who are just sitting around talking, it's basically like IRC but over radio frequencies. That's probably the biggest thing that happens. Another thing that people like a lot is contesting, which is basically just getting on a frequency or getting on multiple frequencies and trying to contact as many people as you can in the shorter time as possible. Sometimes it depends on, sometimes they limit things to like what modes you can use, what frequencies you can be on, so on and so forth, and you try and see how well you can do. Uh, contesting is popular with some people. It's not one of my favorite things. The general, what they call rag chew, just sit around, talk, and shoot the bull IRC method is the way it is. And then, of course, there's the emergency communication. There are things called Aries nets and Racy's nets, which are all about passing traffic 
and communications during times of hardship when there are no other methods available. There um, is what's called Field Day, which is an annual contest event. It's uh, it's celebrated, if you want to call it that, worldwide, and you can some stations will get thousands and thousands of contacts over a 24-hour period. And then there's things like Skywarn. Uh, weather spotters use amateur radio to communicate disaster conditions, uh, bad weather, anything abnormal, basically, that affects the community at large. That's uh, traditionally how it's been used. So those are the major ways that I can think of. Okay. And in terms of like, I mean, I have this radio that I got. It's like an emergency radio. It's got a little flashlight, and it's wind up, and it's world band. Is that going to pick up, like, what you're talking like, these frequencies, or do I need to be a ham radio operator to, to hear what's going on? No, typically a world band receiver uh, operates between 30 kilohertz and 30 megahertz, and if you can receive all of the frequencies in between there, then am- uh, many of the amateur radio bands are included. So if you know where they are, some of them are in the 3 megahertz range, some in the 7, and they're scattered throughout that 3 30 megahertz to 30 kilohertz range. But if you have a worldwide receiver, or what's called a shortwave in par, you know common parlance, then yes, you'll be able to receive amateur radio signals. And no, you don't have a license to receive, just to transmit. Okay, cool. In order to set up a ham radio and Linux rig, obviously I need all the ham equipment. But in terms of like the Linux part of it, do I need like a specialized kernel, or is there, is there a driver package I can download, or...? or? There actually is a driver package you can download. It's called the Ham Library, HamLib. It's in some of the repositories. It's in all of the Debian-based repositories that I'm aware of. I believe recent versions of OpenSUSE have included it again. Things like Fedora Core probably, or Fedora have it. Um, you can, of course, download it as source. It's all GPL and build it yourself if, if necessary. And then the applications are written in a variety of formats. There are some that are written in Python. There are some GTK. There are some, you know, whatever. But the ham library part is just to interface with your ham gear. Right. And then applications written in other languages use that library to do to put their layer over the top of the ham library. So if you want to use something that controls an ICOM radio, you use ham library support for ICOM and then run a GTK application on top, which will actually do the actual control, allow you to tweak the knobs, see the receive indicator, and all that kind of thing. There's stuff to, like, record the stream as well, or...? You can record the stream with a, I mean, any kind of sound application because most of the rig interfaces involve some kind of data communication cable that actually allows you to do the control of the device, and then it's just a typical analog audio interface that uses either a sound card or a USB sound device for the audio portion. So recording the signal, whether it be a digital signal or an analog signal, is just done with a regular audio application. What is the support for HAM on other platforms like Windows or Mac or BSD or whatever you know about or don't know about? Most people would tell you that Windows is probably the best way to get application support for uh, amateur radio because a lot of people who are amateur radio developers develop for it. But I think that's switching now. Some of the some of the primary applications that are being used for amateur radio, like Ham Radio Deluxe, are written only for Windows, but they're starting to release the source code because a lot of it is GPL underneath, even though it was written for Windows. So those kind of things are mer- merging over into the open source world. And now there are lots of developers who are trying to compete with Ham Radio Deluxe by developing pieces of that software in individual products, specifically GPL and specifically open source. So I would say that uh, Linux support for Ham Radio gear and for Ham Radio applications is really coming up, and the Windows side of it is waning. As far as Mac OS, anything that runs 
under Linux you can probably use, and I would say the same for FreeBSD. It may require a little source code tweaking or whatever, but it should still be applicable. Cool. Okay. I know where I've heard your voice. you got a podcast, don't you? I do have a podcast, yes. Uh, the podcast is called Linux in the Ham Shack. Um, I do it with a friend of mine who's Richard, another ham, KB5JBV. My call happens to be K5TUX. Uh, for obvious reasons, I actually spent the extra money and got got the vanity call sign, but that was fun. So Linux in the Ham Shack is what it is. We do a live video feed every other Tuesday night, and then we release that feed as an edited audio podcast on the off weeks. And we have a website, and you can find out all the information, all about our video stream and our live unedited stream via Icecast at lhsinfo.org. Cool. Sounds great. I will check it out. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.